football frenzy. Hey, you hit me so hard down there. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The Football Frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Crunch. Crunch, crunch. Let's get to some of the big football notes of the day. Willie Ramirez is here at Twin Peaks. He'll be hanging out, giving out prizes once we go off. At 5 o'clock for Monday Night Football, we play the national feed of uh, MNF. Right here on ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield along with Angel, who's helping us out down at the site. Um, interesting news, and I know this is not like top of anyone's mind, although in this show we talk more uh, outside of the market that Tyrod Taylor plays in. We talk more Tyrod Taylor than anyone on the face of the earth uh, for, for obvious reasons. He's a beat. Uh, He's a beat. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor has been out with a left hamstring injury. He's going to return to practice on Wednesday. David Culley, the head coach of the Texans. Texans yesterday were a bit plucky in the first half, and they wound up falling 31-5 to to Arizona. They're terrible. Uh, David Culley said he was our starting quarterback, and when he's healthy, he'll be our starting quarterback. My response to that is, what are you trying to accomplish this year if you're the Texans? Do you, like, do you play? Actually, you know what? I would. To me, they're, now the season is about – Managing um, results, I'll put it instead of tanking, managing results. Do they really need to play Tyrod Taylor? They've already accomplished kind of what the front office wants. Listen, play hard, guys. Play for jobs next year. Play for jobs elsewhere. But we're not really trying to win games. What is the point of bringing back Tyrod Taylor and putting Davis Mills on the bench? How about play Mills the whole year? Then you know what you have. And the other thing is Tyrod should be attractive to some other teams. Trade him. Well... I think that could be a possibility. So you put him out there to, to remind everybody what he can do. You know, you risk the injury. I get it. But this is going to sound maybe strange. Um, but from the mental aspect of it, we're in week seven, right? We just finished week seven. Now, in a normal year, well, pre-normal, pre, you know, before, before, before this year, we'd be going into the midway point. This whole 17 games, uh, and everybody gets the bye week. So in reality, it still feels like there's a lot of time left. It's it's going to take a – realistically, you can't say for another two weeks before you can say, okay, we're at our halfway point. You can't have eight and a half games. But at eight games, you're still, you still haven't hit the halfway point. And then at the ninth week, then all of a sudden, those who have played nine games, they haven't had a bye week. So they're at the halfway point. So to them, they're looking at it, you know, ten games left – I don't think that they're going to go 10-0, and 0, obviously, and they're not going to make a playoff run. But he's their starting quarterback. And what are you going to do? You're going to just bench him for two and a half months, three months? No, I, no, I, just, you know, I just said but it, trade, trade him. But trade makes, makes sense. But trade him back to the Browns. They, they might need him very soon because of Mayfield. No. That, that's Some the, other quarterback that would could be go the down other the option. next couple. By the way, they have to trade him before November 2nd. That's the deadline, so. So maybe he's maybe. I mean, maybe think about it. Willie. Maybe, maybe Willie, it, if you're saying, "Oh, let's put him out there as an audition." Does he need audition? Everyone knows who Tyrod Taylor is. What he can do. Know. He's a high level backup. Maybe he's a borderline starter. You're going to roll him out there. What if he gets hurt next week? Maybe before, before the trade deadline. He's just giving us lip service. Who knows? I, oh I, no, 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 no. David Cully. No, no, no. You can tell he respects the veteran, and he's going to put him back out there. But from a whatever, too much Texans. But from a goal. <laughs> Because this is going to be a topic yeah. the rest of the year. We've got so many. There's a collection of bad teams that are absolutely are going to have to manage 
you know, how much they win, kind of like the Jets blew it last year, right, by winning a couple of games. They didn't manage it well. I know it sounds weird, but you do have to, you know, if you're, if you're trying to rebuild and get the max for your picks, you got to make sure that you're not winning games and not be obnoxious about it. Mm. This is an easy way to ensure you don't have as good a chance to win games by getting rid of Taylor and making sure Davis Mills plays the rest of the year. Crunch. <laughs> uh, Buccaneers are just rolling right now. 38-3. to What did you think of the celebration yesterday, the TD celebration? Uh, for members of the audience that didn't see it, describe it. So uh, they all lined up. It looks like there's even more. They came off the sideline to line up in a row and start rowing the boat. I'm giving, I'm giving this uh, this celebration a D. What? Yeah. Terrible. Did you, I want did you pull it up on your screen? It's 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 it's. Here's the thing. It would be good if everybody was in unison, but. You're 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 imitating rowing a boat. Well, I got news for you. Half of this people sitting down rowing the boat are rowing without the guys getting in the boat. So you're just leaving them to fall off the boat. In reality, you're giving us a picture of getting in a boat and rowing. Well, the guys aren't in the boat yet. You got to wait. You got to do it simultaneously. It's got to be in sync. It's like synchronized swimming. Swimming. It's like a bunch of guys lining up to do a pop lock routine, and then all of a sudden you're going to start popping, right? You remember those days back in when you were yes, a pop yeah, locker, yeah, Steve? Yes. Yes. They're not in. The, they're not in sync. I didn't like the fact that they were all out of sync and half the guys weren't in the boat yet. They get a D on the, on the celebration. Updates on Raiders injuries because not everything yesterday was good. Keep in mind, Darren Waller did not play. They're going to need him back. Now they've got a bye week. Uh, Josh Jacobs, chest injury, and uh, Simpson. Simpson, not evaluated yet. You know, could, be, could he be out for a while? So what's the deal? What did Basachi say today? I was not out there for Basaccia today, um, and I do know that there was a signing. Um, I, I'll read you his quote, though. I do have the transcript. Any update on Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, John Simpson? Josh Jacobs ended up with a chest contusion, so he should be fine, which is a bruise. We didn't think there was any issues with him today. He had a good workout. Darren Waller is going to kind of be day-to-day with treatment. Other than that, there is no break or anything that we know of there. He is going to stay around all we can get treatment. Then, John, right now we are still in the evaluation process with him, but he was walking around okay, and we'll see how the next few days go. He's going to stay here as well and get treatment this week. Now, the Raiders did have a signing today, which I'm not sure if that's a good sign um, in terms of them talking about because yesterday when we, we heard Foster Moreau talk, he said, well, um, Darren came in and he couldn't put weight on it. And we were like, wait a minute. You know, this was all – he would, when you get the injury report Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it just says rest slash ankle. Then all of a sudden yesterday when it came up inactive, it, they added wrist and ankle. We are like, what the heck is going on with this guy? Then the post game, Moreau said he couldn't put any weight on it. Today, the Raiders announced they have signed free agent tight end Daniel Helm. Additionally, have signed offensive line, lineman Hronis Grasu. I'm hoping that's pronounced close to the practice squad. Safety Haha Clinton Dix is on the COVID list. Now, the most alarming one here is signing free agent tight end Daniel Helm. Now, he's not going to replace Foster Moreau, but what he is going to possibly be is the backup to Moreau if they think Waller's going to be out longer. So if this is not a fracture, not a break, what is it that's keeping up? Is it, and if it's his ankle, is it a high-grade sprain? 
Is it high? Is it low? Where is it in the ankle? This is a little alarming if, you know, in terms of not having Waller. Now, I will say this. Yesterday, some of us were talking. Like, well, what are they going to do without Waller? Oh, no. Oh, no. It's like Foster Moreau is fully capable. He's not Darren Waller, but he's fully capable of filling the role of a tight end. Waller expands that role by becoming a receiver because he once was one. But when you have a stable of receivers like Derek Carr has, Brian Edwards, Zay Jones, Henry Ruggs, all these guys, Hunter Renfro, I think they'll be fine until he's healthy. Coming up next, we're going to go out to Philly, find out how peeved the Eagles fans are as we'll talk to uh, one of the big talk show hosts in Philadelphia from WIP, John Marks. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Now. Back to Cofield and Company, live at Twin Peaks. Cofield and Company, Twin Peaks, on a Monday as we're getting ready for the Monday Night Football Tilt. Time to check in with the opposing team in this weekend's Raiders matchup. Oh, the poor Eagles. John Marks, let's recap this thing. My God, it was worse in so many elements than I even thought the Eagles were going to be against the Raiders. Yeah, do we have to talk about the game, Steve? Can't we talk about something else? So, I, I, you know what? I will give credit to the Eagles fans because they know how to party even after a loss. They drowned their sorrows really well at Crazy Horse 3. They were they were awesome. I saw everyone from Randall Cunningham to uh, Jerome Brown to, uh, I, I don't know, uh, Brian Dawkins. They were all out there. That was, that was rough, man. And the thing is, we'll go through different elements of the game for the Eagles, but, like, everything didn't work. Just about everything did not work. Yeah, and and honestly, I think it starts with the defense. And um, I was, I was just saying this. Uh, I was saying this on, on on one of the weekend shows I do. The, the my producer had Henry Ruggs. Uh, he said, "Should I start Henry Ruggs?" And I said, "No, because the Eagles don't allow any big plays, and that's what Henry Ruggs does. But they'll let you do anything that you want underneath, including run the football, throw the football. And I mean, that's been the Eagles' defense all year long. Check this out. All right." Um, I, I saw this stat this morning. In the Eagles' first 1,285 games as a franchise, they've allowed eight quarterbacks to complete 80% of their passes. In the last five games, they've allowed four quarterbacks to complete 80% of their passes. We're talking about decades and decades, and they've allowed it four times in the last five weeks, and they allow it. It's unbelievable. Is it personnel or is it scheme? Is this dude, uh, Jonathan Gannon, just way in over his head? So he wants to play the, the two high safeties because he doesn't want anything going over the top like I had mentioned. And I think part of that is because he's afraid because of the personnel, all else being equal. I don't think he wants to look ridiculous and get beat like this every week. But at some point, I mean, you got to he's just accepting getting getting like it's like a boxer that is scared of getting knocked out. So he's just going to get his behind kicked in for 12 rounds to lose in a unanimous decision. And that's what they're doing you got to take chances, and they try to get to the quarterback from their front four. They don't blitz a lot. But even against a weak Raiders offensive line, they couldn't do it yesterday. So at some point, what are you going to do? Are you just going to sit there and get your behind kicked in? And that's what the Eagles have been fine with doing so far this year. Yeah, uh, I saw Fletcher Cox uh, yesterday openly calling out. He didn't mention Gannon by name, but saying, hey, basically, they're not using me the right way. That ain't good. No, no, it's not. And it's not the first time that one of the, one of the defensive players has talked about kind of 
it's a new defense and they're still trying to learn their role, but it's more of a read and react defense than an attack defense. And that's more what the Eagles were used to under their old defensive coordinator, uh, Jim Schwartz. Derek Carr, 31 of 34. That's um, it's second highest completion percentage with a quarterback of at least 30 passes in NFL history yesterday. I mean, you're talking about his, an historic day. Uh, Derek Carr's really, he's developed into a good quarterback, but you're making it easy for him. So yep. I think what you're seeing now, Steve, is you're seeing players that they know they're getting their butts kicked. They're helpless in doing anything about it, and their coaches aren't doing anything to help them. You know, and the crazy thing is uh, Sirianni actually did come up with some adjustments on offense, and they ran the ball early, and then they have a bad break because Sanders goes down. Then Gainwell, who everyone wants to play and get carries, and he freaking fumbles before the half. By the way, was that really a fumble or not? Did they get screwed on the uh, when they look back at the, the fumble? I think you could have called it either way. I, I was I, I was surprised that it was it was ruled a fumble, but you know how it is with those replays. Who I may see something a little bit differently than the other people. It was a close call. Uh, other big problem, and it's just like a laundry list of problems with the Eagles, and we're talking to John Marks, who covers the team and talks about the team on WIP in Philadelphia. Um, are they going to be set at the tackle positions at some point moving forward here? I know Lane Johnson just came back from a mental health break, but Ngakwe and Crosby yesterday were just dominant. Yeah, which we, I, I don't think a lot of Eagles fans expected because, as you mentioned, Lane Johnson did come back, but Drew Mailata has been very good. And in Lane Johnson's absence, they have a first-round draft pick, Andre Dillard, who got beat out by Mylotta. He switched the left tackle. Mylotta went over the right tackle. They've been very good. They just I – mean, and Nakaway had, had, had Mylotta's number yesterday, and I think he struggled with guys that, that have speed and power, and Yannick certainly has both of them. I would say for the most part that your bookends on the offensive line are okay. It's just a matter of Jason Kelsey, your longtime center, when he walks away, which is probably after this season – you're going to have to build the interior of the offensive line, but the tackles, at least I thought, were good. But the Raiders had their number. I don't know. I don't know if they were hanging out on the strip Saturday night and Friday night, but it was a bad day all yeah. around. Don't want to accuse them of anything, but uh, that happened the first year here in the NHL. We called it the Vegas flu, um, and sometimes it affected the team the <laughs> the next game because obviously in the NHL you have a quick turnaround. They would go on a you know go on a road trip hit Vegas, have to play somewhere the next night, and just suck. And, and even in Vegas, they were a lot of NHL teams were terrible. So I, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to accuse the Eagles of doing that. I don't have any uh, reports on that, but maybe that will come out. Um, let's talk about Hurts. His numbers were okay. It just it feels like he has to do so much. Uh, I don't feel comfortable when people are saying, hey, he's not the franchise quarterback. How do you know uh, playing behind what he's playing behind and also with Sirianni calling the plays? Yeah, it's pretty tough. Um, it, it's it's tough because can you really – and this was my biggest worry, and I said this before the season, was you go through the entire 2021 season, and by the end of the year, you're still not sure if he's the guy or not. And through seven games, how can you be sure he's the guy? You can't say he's not, although his accuracy remains an issue. But, I mean, the dude's running around for his life back there trying to do trying to make something happen. And yeah, I, I, I love the kid. I mean, he's a competitor. I don't know if he's going to be able to throw the ball well enough uh, to be a, an above-average quarterback. But um, based on the fact that they, they've had an historically low run rate, they're making him do so much. And you would think that young quarterback second year came into the league not known for being a, a great natural passer – and they throw the ball all the time. And they're doing it with like stupid RPOs, which is so 2017. <laughs> I No one really understands what the Eagles have been trying to do so far this season. 
And to get a real look at what Hurts is, and, and part of the problem is, Steve, if you look at his numbers, you'll be like, wow, Jalen Hurts, pretty good numbers this year. They've been getting beat so bad. You saw what it was like yesterday. That game wasn't even close, and Hurts got garbage yards late. So you look at the final score, and you say, oh, well, they only lost by 11. That game was over in the third quarter. They were done. They were cooked. So you look at you look at Hurts' numbers. They look a lot better than they've actually played. But this is supposed to be an evaluation season. As much as we live and die with the wins and losses, and they've been losing some bad games, and it, and it sucks to watch the games, evaluation is still the most important thing. So far, your defensive coordinator looks like he could be a one and done. The coach, the head coach looks clueless, and you're not sure about about your quarterback. And you really need to know because you have draft picks. You're going to have at least one or two high draft picks this year because you have the Miami first rounder, which could be a top three pick. It'd be nice to know what Jalen Hurts was, but you may not. And part of that's just the circumstance of the head coach. In this year's NFL draft, there is no top three pick worthy quarterback. So trade deadline's coming up early next week. Are your phone lines going to be lit up in Philly? We're talking to a WIP host, John Marks. Are your lines going to be lit up if Deshaun Watson is traded and he goes to Miami? How pissed off are people in Philly going to be if it if uh, Watson cost you know two or three first round picks and a player? I don't think they will. Uh, th- this is this has been a conversation that we've had ongoing since the offseason. and even after Hertz hasn't looked as good as a lot of people had hoped or thought. The circumstances surrounding Deshaun Watson are real. It, best case scenario, he's a he's a pervert. Worst case scenario, he's a criminal that that can that, that you know that, that committed a sex offense. Uh, I don't know which one it's going to be, but there's just I wouldn't touch him. I, I if the Dolphins make a trade for him two years from now, Steve, they may be looking at it and saying like that was the best trade we ever made. If you can if you can ride out the obvious wave of 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 um, of what's coming to whoever trades for him, whether it's now or in the offseason, it's common. I mean, you're going to get a lot of negative reaction. You're going to get a lot of news stories and everything else. But at the end of the year or two, when this is all over with, you're getting a top quarterback. I love Deshaun Watson. Um, if it would have been more clear right now as far as what was going to happen if there was a suspension, my worry would be you trade for him and then they put him on the exempt list, which is what I think they're going to do. I can't imagine they're going to let him play with the circumstances and the cloud that's 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 above them. But there's not a like right now. There's not there wouldn't be a lot of negative reaction if they didn't trade for Deshaun Watson. A long-winded answer to your question. Steve. John Marks, national host on CBS National WIP Philadelphia. Eagles go five and twelve. Is Sirianni one and done? Man, uh, could be. See, last six games of the season, the Eagles face the Jets, the Giants twice. Uh, the Washington football team twice, and then they end the year against the Cowboys. And that final game of the year, the Cowboys most likely won't be playing for much unless it's for playoff positioning, right? So if they need that game to be the second seed or the first seed or the third, whatever it is, but you could have a game where they're resting their starters. So they could actually make a little bit of a run and win some games at the end of the year, which, by the way, would mean nothing, right? If you're beating bad teams at the end of the year, but if I'm a Giants fan, if I'm a Washington football fan, I'm looking at the the last six games and I'm looking at the Eagles on the schedule. And I'm saying, well, that's a game we can win. The Eagles suck. So, I mean, really the devil's in the details. I don't think if he wins five games, he gets whacked after the first year. The Eagles owner, Jeffrey Lurie, isn't known to be a knee-jerk reaction guy, but he's also not going to keep him just to keep him. And if he thinks that, that it's that bad, he'll whack him. 
in, in my opinion, Jonathan Gannon, their defensive coordinator, he's looking at a one-and-done year because he just looks more clueless than anybody. You guys going to address Kelsey? Uh, I did on my local show. I actually didn't like that he was commenting on basketball. I think you need to mind your own business unless he's got some inside contact and he knows all the details with the Sixers and Simmons. I got to tell you, actually, I smiled a little bit when Kelsey lost his cool and got a personal personal foul uh, in the game. But, I, you know, I know guys like that in Philly can be untouchable. But I, I didn't like what he said last week. Mind your own business. Yeah, uh, he even thought about it if you watch the whole cut. Uh, he thought, well, should I say this? Should I say something? What should I say? And he came out and said it. He was grandstanding a little bit. He is, um, you know, he could run for mayor right now. Right. They win a Super Bowl. He gets up in a mummer's outfit, and the mum- the mummers are this weird string band thing that that they do on New Year's Day in Philadelphia. I don't understand it. But so he dressed up as a mummer and went to the parade and gave this unbelievable speech. Um, so uh, of course, a lot of people, the mob wants they, they want their pound of flesh with Ben Simmons right now. So you know, a lot the average fans are like, yeah, you tell them whatever, but like. It's a little bit of a deeper problem with Ben Simmons, and he probably would have been more professional just to not say anything at all. I work with uh, with Brandon Graham, uh, Super Bowl hero. On my, actually tonight, uh, I have a show with him, and um, you know, he, I, I I asked him about it because we want to ask the longtime Philadelphia athletes that have been here. We asked him to comment on the other sports. He wouldn't even consider taking a shot at Ben Simmons. He knows better. So I I, I agree with you. I was. Uh, I thought it was in poor taste for Jason Kelsey to do it. Last one, John. I need to lean on your expertise. Say with the Raiders, uh, Basaccia, one of the other guys on the staff, doesn't get the head job with the Raiders. They open things up. Doug Peterson is a candidate. <laughs> there you go. That's the answer right there. Well, my, you know, my question is, I've never gotten, I've never gotten official word on what the problem or problems were with Doug Peterson. I one of the things that I would worry about is. Can he handle? You know, coaches have to be able to handle Las Vegas. It's a really interesting place in terms of vices. Yeah, his well, I mean, among his problems, and and Steve, if you think about it, he won a Super Bowl in 2017. His team went to the playoffs and won a game in 2018. They went back to the playoffs. They lost. Carson Wentz got injured early in that game in 2019, and he was fired after 2020. It's almost unprecedented, right? Three straight years of the playoffs, won a playoff game, won the Super Bowl. Um, he he really struggled with the Philadelphia media in 2020, and I know it wouldn't be the same out there in Vegas. You have different things to worry about. But it's just Frank Reich was his offensive coordinator in 2017. And each year after he was gone and he got that job in Indianapolis, the team got worse and worse. And the offense by the end looked terrible. And I I mean, listen, would I like to see Doug get another job in in, in the league? Yes. Would I hire him to be the, be a coach of my team? I would not hire him to Ooh. be the head coach of my team, though. I would not. He's just I, he, he's a good guy. And I think his team plays hard for him. But I mean, to to be an offensive-minded head coach that calls plays, you need to be you need to be good. And you know, Sirianni's not showing up showing that right now. And Doug didn't show that last year. John Marks is a super busy guy. We appreciate a couple minutes, John. Thank you so much. You got it, brother. There he is, John Marks, sports talk host, WIP in Philadelphia. This football insider conversation is brought to you by Nova Home Loans. Nova Home Loans offers the best combo of service rates and fees. You want to call Dustin DeHart today? To lock in at the super low interest rates. This is the time to buy. This is the time of year to buy. Property values have gone up 20% year over year, but so have rental rates. So that means you're paying a ton of money to your landlord. Stop doing that. Buy a home. Build equity. 
577-2600 is the number. It takes just a few minutes for Dustin DeHart and the folks at Nova Home Loans to run your numbers, figure out what the rate would be, what kind of house you can afford. If you have credit issues or need help with your down payment, Nova Home Loans offers free credit services to all of their applicants, and they have a bunch of great down payment assistance programs available to those that qualify. So give them a call. Dustin DeHart, Nova Home Loans, 577-2600. Domestic drafts under 4 bucks and appetizers for $2, $4, and $6, all at Twin Peaks. And the pitch on the way. There's a high fly ball to deep left field. This has got a shot, and Austin with a stutter, and it's 2-0 Braves. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at Twin Peaks. Austin Riley, one of the heroes for the Braves in getting to the World Series. Astros, Braves, World Series. Fired up? No. That was it. Let's go to break. <laughs> That's it. Oh man, uh, I'm just. I was so looking forward. Well, first of all, long, 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 long time Dodger fan. So obviously, from a fan standpoint, I was looking forward to that. Um, was really looking forward to seeing some Dodgers Red Sox. It didn't really matter the rematch that we were going to get Dodgers Red Sox Dodgers Astros. That would have been. But it's just. It it just lacks for me. And you know what? This isn't just the Braves, and it's because the Braves beat the Dodgers. You may be able to appreciate this. It goes back to, Steve, like early 80s, right? Dale Murphy days. They've just always sort of been that lackluster team for me. Um, that Really? Even did, the team in the 90s? Yeah, I just was never, never. No sizzle? No sizzle. It really just didn't. Rooting interest. Astros, Braves. Are you like the rest of the world with the Astros up there with the cheating? No, I'm not. I mean, at this point, I mean, if they, if they get caught again, then they're idiots, and it's you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there. And go, oh, screw them! They need to lose because they cheat. I mean, they that was how I went years ago. I mean, I don't. It's, at this point, it's like they're probably not doing anything now, right? I, <laughs> I'm not holding that against. Them. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, By the way, did you hear Brian Anderson, who was on the broadcast, as they closed out the series to reach the World Series? He's like. The team of the 90s is back in it. The team of the 90s? Yeah. They haven't made the World Series Atlanta since 1999. The Wait, the Braves were the team of the 90s? Yeah. With it's, one World Series? Now, were they the regular season team of the 90s? You bet your ass. They were awesome. Just because they had... Win. Win champions. Arguably one of the best regular season rotations, if not the best. I mean, you know... The Glavin, the Smoltz, the uh, the Avery, the the Maddox. Uh, okay. I was like, you're going to leave but, out the key guy. No, no I saved him. The, last <laughs> okay, the goat, the goat, go. the goat. Vegas guy, uh, of course. Um, no, uh, <laughs> let's let's not go there. They're not the team of the '90s, but um, I don't know. I guess it would be. It would kind of be. It, there's there's storylines there, right? There'd be storylines there in terms of the Astros winning, coming back, and you know, doing it without cheating i guess and then the storyline of the braves after getting in it for so long and i don't know i mean i'm a feel good well you are you're trying to build yourself up it's not not convincing no i'm not Uh, 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 uh. (laughs) world series coming up right here on espn las vegas i'm more interested Uh, in watching the vancouver uh, canucks and lotus broadcast well i mean here's the thing and this is what i've been saying since the beginning of september it is hard for baseball to carve out a niche once Football starts, yep. and I like You've baseball. I'm not that. a baseball hater. Nope. They have got to move the season back, start it earlier, and I know the weather is a problem, or if they can't do that, 
I don't like the cut down the season idea, but if they have to, they have to have this thing all started in the World Series really needs to be about two weeks ago. Um, this is going way too far into the football season. And as an example, listen, the, here, like carving out time to watch the games. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it, it, it's, it's busy right now. Games one through three for the World Series are Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay, you got a shot there, right? Yeah. Now, you also got to deal with the Golden Knights from time to time, right? Uh, Knights this week are Tuesday, Wednesday. So if you're a big hockey fan, you're a Knights fan, are you watching the World Series? Probably not. But one through three, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. I got no shot on Friday. I'm covering UNLV and Reno. I guess maybe Friday will do well. Games four to seven, Saturday, Sunday against college football in the NFL. And then next week if it goes to six, uh, four and five, I'm sorry, games four and five, and then six and seven are Tuesday and Wednesday next week. And, and uh, the Knights are playing again next week in spots. So for a lot of Vegas, it's, it's not really, there's no local tie. Like how many people are going to watch the World Series in markets that aren't baseball-centric and aren't Houston and Atlanta? And from a local standpoint, that makes sense. From a national standpoint, if you're a football fan, we are how many weeks into college football, let alone NFL? So you are we geared got week up nine coming up in college football, and week it's and nine. it's an awesome. I was just telling you before the show, we're going to go over some lines later on. But looking ahead, I'm like, oh my god, like we got Penn, uh, Penn State, Ohio State, which is great, even though it's like a three, you know, a 17, 18 and a half point spread. Yep. We got Florida, Georgia coming up. You got Michigan, Michigan State. Like, I'm sorry, I've got multiple TVs set up at the house. Yeah. I, I don't know that the World Series get one of the TVs because I'm watching. College football. I'm probably betting on college football and NFL. I'm not. I'm not moving from the NFL on a Sunday to catch freaking Major League. They 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 have to get this started before we really get into the nitty gritty of football season. And it it just goes to show. You hear this phrase, and and some people here, you know, from a fan standpoint, you hear it. And if you're an all-around, oh, I love all sports or this, that. But from a media standpoint, especially now covering it when they're when the Raiders are here and you hear the phrase NFL is king, man, you really feel it. And you have no choice but to embrace it from a professional standpoint, from a fan standpoint. It's the NFL just really, it takes over your life from our, from our standpoint. And then with you, football you're, you know, doing the UNLV stuff. You're having to study this stuff. You're talking about it. Doing People Westgate, want to hear about NFL foot, foot. on Sunday mornings. Yep. So, um, I mean, it's just, it's, you're we doing got it. NBA started up. You got yeah. the NHL. I mean, they, they got to, baseball has got to wake up. They I don't have care. to and, find and they a keep way. pushing it further back, a little bit further. Like, no, go the other way. Yeah. Go the other way. Play more doubleheaders. Freaking start yeah. earlier. Any, anybody thinks that they want to push it back and push it in further is ridiculous. You cannot compete with football in the story. Yeah, it's not. It's uh, well, we'll see how the ratings are. I have, I have a feeling you're going to get a lot of these stories like historic lows for the World Series. Baseball yeah. is dying. Yeah. Like it's not. It's it's dying because of the competition. It's dying because of timing. Fix the timing. Yeah, because we're seeing a lot of. I'm getting these press releases from the NFL the last few weeks with some of these matchups that they thought were going to be good. When they first made the prime, well, you know, everybody's got to be contracted to at least one primetime game, right? So you get some of these early season matches. Record numbers are watching these games because people want to watch the NFL. This coming Friday, game three of the World Series, Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray play a classic, right? That's going to dominate a lot of shows. What if Deshaun Watson gets traded at the end of the week? I mean, the NFL is so big. Yeah. Should Are we going to talk Deshaun Watson trade? Or... Game three of the World Series. Sorry, folks. 
Yeah. That's the way. That's where it is now. That's what. It, that's. Sorry, baseball. Might might make the top. You know the. The beginning, what's trending, but 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 the rest of the show, there's not going to be any previews. Might recap what took place in the first couple of games. Quick shot, game three night. Okay, boom, and then throw in UNLV, uh, UNR. We're going to be talking about them. We're going to be talking about college football. We're going to be talking about the NFL. I mean, Friday's a big day, and World Series is taking a a big backseat. Big five and four are up in about 20 minutes, and we'll get into the topic of uh, frustration, uh, borderline explosions from some VGK fans. I found one local media member who Uh-oh. wants Stafford's on the uh, Golden Knights staff to be fired. Ice cold 29 degree beer for under $4 and cheap appetizers all game long. Get down here to Twin Peaks. He reminds me so dang much of Tom Brady, it's sick. In what way? Every single way. The way he looks, the way he can throw the football, the way he conducts himself. Everything about him reminds me of Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at Twin Peaks. All right. There he is, the Jumbo Jet, Sexy Rexy. You remind me of uh, Brady and everything you do. Yeah, that, that statement, well, it's not as ridiculous as Joe Burrow was the guy he was talking about. Listen, I understand this is what we do. You know, we jump the gun and start comparing guys to the greats. Joe Burrow is a good story, but... Rex. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes a little bit. It was funny. Uh, that was get up, thanks to ESPN on TV for the, the uh, cut there. Yeah. Greenies, Greenies, like, in what way? In every way. So Rex had this take that Joe Burrow is Tom Brady, and then he actually could not name anything specifically. In every way. Right. Like, stop. Uh, Joe Burrow is a great story. By the way, Jamar Chase, like I, what was it, 90 minutes ago, I was on air saying, I'm the only guy who's yeah. not directly tied to the Raiders who said they would be 5-2 and two yeah. at this point in the season before going to the bye. I said that when the schedule came out. I got scoffed at and laughed at. By the way, I also suckered a uh, handicapping expert, mm. guy who comes on with us every once in a while, mid-major Matt, Double. into doing a head-to-head Eagles-Raiders win bet. Oh. So, yay me, head-to-head. I get another one. It's now five versus two. I think I'm okay on that one. Uh, but I will say, in between all the bluster about, I was right, I was right, I was right. It's not done yet, but my whining about the Bengals going with Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell, oops. You Jamar, Jamar Chase is... Awesome. Real deal. And 200 yards yesterday. He's What does he have, like 758 already for the season? He may be basically uh, Justin Jefferson reincarnate. After Jefferson set all the records, Chase may pass him the next year. You know, wide receiver, uh, rookie records. I was looking up yesterday while I was doing my pregame prep, um, you know, for the, uh, for the game. And I noticed – now, this is before the game because I have the press, I have the Eagles press release out. But this caught my eye because three of the five were in the same game. Um, Quez Watkins ranks fifth in the NFL. I'm going to pull up the current ones after I read this. Quez, going into yesterday, Quez Watkins ranked fifth in the NFL in receiving average, 19.4 per reception behind Henry Ruggs, 22.3, Jamar Chase, 20.5, Brian Edwards, 20.2, Deontay Harris, 19.7. So of the top five in receiving average per reception, three of them were in one game, yeah. and then Jamar Chase had the game. You also, I'm going to look this while up. While you look up the number, you also 
realized that the name in that group that actually has you know six or seven catches a game is Chase. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's a little different when you're yeah. if you're a forty reception guy and you're going for you know twenty yards a catch. That's one thing. If you're on pace to be seventy five or eighty reception guy and you're twenty yards a pop, my God. All right, here's the uh, here are the updated numbers. Number one, and he donated he, he he dedicated this week to Steve Cofield. Jamar Chase is now number one, yards per reception twenty one point five. Crazy man. Henry Ruggs nineteen point five, Quez Watkins nineteen point three, Brian Edwards nineteen point two. All four of them with seven games played. Julio Jones checking in with five games played at seventeen point seven. So did you get a kick out of uh, yesterday, the uh, work action, covering both the Raiders and the Golden Knights games back-to-back in a belly-to-belly? Oh, my goodness. Now, it would have been fine if there wasn't a scramble because of the night before with the car going to the shop, which I won't get into because that will take a whole other segment. But my guy, Danny. Now, please tell me you ran from the Al over to T-Mobile. You're in very, you're in very fine shape. So much so, folks, you don't know this, but uh, there were some elevator issues at the previous UNLV football game, and – Willie comes up to see me like late night. Uh, I'm up in the box kind of finishing things up. And he's like, yeah, I just climbed the stairs. He tells an usher, he's like, I just climbed eight stories. And she was like, oh, good, exercise. And I, I thought Willie was going to be like, that wasn't the point. <laughs> like, I had to climb eight stories because of your elevators. <laughs> so did you run from no, the Al to t No, no, it was fun. Danny Webster um, picked me up in the morning. We, we got to the uh, we got to the like Al. It. We Very got, responsible carpooling to the we, game. We, we got to the Al at 9 a.m., the AP team. We got to the Al at 9 a.m. when they opened the doors to the media, um, prepped, our, prepped our day, pre-wrote some of the stuff. You go through the game notes. You have to sort of get your, your notes that you may need as you're reading stories. You know, you read articles, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da, who came into the game doing this, 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 or who leads this. So you, you sort of have your notes ready. We have to have, or I have to have for the game story, 400 words on the wire within – two minutes of the game ending. So you send it over into the system, call the editor back in New York, AP, boom, and it goes on the wire. Then you got to hit the press conference, which, again, elevator issues because of how they do things at the Al compared to T-Mobile. Let's not, let's not go inside baseball and complain about elevators. No, 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 no. So uh, we Co- get that done. Co- coaches have the first rights to the, the elevator, so which, you know. No, that's fair, yeah. but like at T-Mobile, that well, that's well different. yeah, but, there's different elevators. But yeah, they also so. locked that down for the media after the game from one to five instead of oh, stopping wow. at each floor. Like Whereas at the Al, you're stopping at one A, then two A. So anyway, so Danny and I, we get done with the press conference. We go back upstairs. I have to do a rewrite. Danny writes the sidebar on the offensive line. We pack up. We get in his. Uh, we we walk to the parking lot where we park. Get in the car. We drive over to T-Mobile Park. Walk in at 6.40, 20 minutes before puck uh, drop. You made it in plenty of time. No and drama. we covered the game. There you go. Covered the Golden Knights. So two, easy. Two, two games on deadline. Same process where we have to, you know, you have to file. Now, when we get there, Danny's off AP. When we get to the he, he writes for NHL.com. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was insane. Now, here's the funny but story. But, again, we should point out, like, yeah. this just sounds like inside baseball, behind the scenes, media stuff. That might not be that fascinating. But this is, this is what Vegas is now. Yeah. On a lot of weekends. Yeah. 
And and same thing for the sports fans. I'm sure there were fans who were like, "I'm doing both." Yeah. Oh no, there were, and there were. I saw in, people on our staff. Now don't uh, let, not not on air who were like, "Yeah, I'm going to both." Right. Let's do and, it. And I don't want to see her make it seem like Danny and I were the only ones. There was some of the TV guys went. Adam Hill, um, he finished all of his stuff because he there he had to focus on the Raiders. But when he got done doing all of his Raider stuff. Um, he came over there and he finished up and helped the guys. He he got in the press conference and he did some transcribing of some quotes. I saw him there. So there were other media members. But it just the way that we had our deadline set up, the way that we have to file, it was insane. But a funny, quick one, Dan. So so we get in the car. I knock out in the passenger seat, giving me a ride home. Fall asleep. I wake up, Steve. Are you ready for this? I look up and I see carnival lights everywhere. I go, Are we at the speedway? He goes. Yeah, bro. I didn't know which. I didn't even know. And and all of a sudden, they had the off. They had the off ramp blocked, <laughs> and they directed me. I said, "Bro, we're at EDC. I get out of this parking lot before we get stuck in this thing. We're driving." So an extra 25 minutes with Danny driving around trying to figure out how to get out. We're getting directed out of traffic. We're going under overpasses. It was insane. I'm laughing. I'm going, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me, dude. I looked up. I swear to God, I woke up, and I look, and I see carnival lights. Everyone said, bro, we at the speedway. He goes, yeah. I go, this is EDC. He goes, oh, man. He didn't even realize it. Domestic drafts under 4 bucks and appetizers for $2, $4, and $6, all at Twin Peaks.